talking about like i don't think i want to know a six-year-old that isn't a silly heart and then he's like and if you ever something or other, i'll come find you and then he's like and here's a quarter go have find a rat to gnaw that thing off your face like like i love those moments Welcome to the What's Over the Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic, Judge and Jerry. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Damn it, you did it again. Now let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Snyder. Better red and dead. That's right. That's, ooh, now it's really weird, because usually Alec makes fun of you for doing that shit. Can't now. Um, <laughs> I still can. No What's good. wrong with you, Matson? I thought I'd change it up there just to keep you guys on your toes. Um yeah welcome we appreciate you tuning in go ahead hit that follow subscribe like bell notification buttons tell a friend about us uh tell a family member about us especially your crazy uncle um we like those guys so let them know and uh yeah alec tell them about who else they should be thinking about right now as we're coming into the new year we should be thinking about manscape jj now mm-hmm. uh i'm a visual person so I really like to see what I'm going to be buying. First of all, I figured yes. that everybody should be like me. So I decided to prepare a visual using my own face. As we can see, as I get closer, half the face is disgusting. The other half has been manscaped. So if we look, we see manscaped. And then a little bit of, a little bit of this stuff going on. Manscaped. <laughs> and a little bit of this going on. A little bit of this going on. Tell you what. The half of my face that has been manscaped feels marvelous. I, I did it this morning. Uh, oh, she hates me because I sent her a picture. I was like, look what I did. I shaved. She was not happy or thrilled. Um, I would kind of go with the look because I think it kind of looks good. Like except it. that finishing it off is going to be a great experience using the manscape. We got that uh, lawnmower 5.0 from the Ultra Package. Let right. me tell you. It makes shaving fun. Never thought I'd ever say that. Using a straight blade razor, any kind of else, kind of a waste of time, kind of takes up a lot of time. You hate doing it. This has been a fun experience. Go check out Manscaped. Have a little bit of fun with it. Um, it it's it's rare that you can have a you know hygiene item that you can have a lot of fun with. So manscaped.com. What's our code, JJ? The verdict. The verdict. The verdict. All one word, 20% off and free shipping. Go check it out definitely yeah i mean it's the right time as coming up on 2024 do it with confidence uh and thanks to manscape you can so resolutions are met and hairs are neatly kept Ooh. <laughs> that's right so as the new year approaches why not make self-improvement and breeze by keeping your body well groomed so manscape's got their performance package 5.0 it's the ultimate inclusive kit designed to help you feel clean cut and confident as you should so they have the lawnmower 5.0 ultra it's their next gen trimmer um it works great on the balls i can attest um and then yeah you know it's a lot of hair down there sometimes so you got to keep up with it make sure you kick off 2024 with a trim above the rest you again like matt uh alex said you can get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code the verdict all one word at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com Look, if you're afraid to go down there, also got the the nose and ear trimmer Mm -hmm. up there as well. Do some business. It's my one of my favorite tools. Uh, They also, and I was okay. 
I, because I needed to be able to say I'd used it because that's the kind of guy I am. After I zapped my balls, which was very nice. It was a nice experience. And I've had some bad ones with trimmers near the balls. Um, the anti-chafing ball deodorant and their aftershave lotion, like the crop preserver. I was like, I got to try it. It's kind of soothing. Makes well, the that's why they call nice. it the crop soother. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was nice. Not going to lie. I'm hey, sold. It, it, it cooled my ginger flames. So what will <laughs> it do for you? <laughs> I hate you so much for that. And yet love you at the same time. Oh God. Just for that, I want to cover Alex's face with a really cool gift here from Manscaped. So if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, take a look. You can see us. If you're listening, go check us out there so you can see Manscaped's cool gift. Uh, but go check them out. Manscaped.com. We appreciate them sponsoring the episode with that. We're here to finish up our month of movies that are worth the rewatch. Uh, thanks, Guy Pierce or Charles, for choosing that topic for us. It's been a fun month um, with some really epic movies. Matson is going to ruin the fives across the board streak here. You're a dick. <laughs> but <laughs> with that, we are going to be reviewing Uncle Buck. It was released August 16th, 1989. It was written and directed by the legendary John Hughes. It stars John Candy, Macaulay Culkin, Jean Louisa Kelly, Gabby Hoffman, Amy, Ma- Amy Madigan, Elaine Bromka, Garrett M. Brown, Lori Metcalf, and Jay Underwood. <laughs> Laid-back commitment-phobe Buck babysits his brother's rebellious teenage daughter and her cute younger brother and sister. Now, that is what you call a streamlined synopsis right there. Um, yeah, this was my pick. I love this movie. I want to get Matson's critiques out of the way, but you've got some trivias for us too, right? Yeah. So should he be doing trivia on movies? He hates Matt, uh, JJ. What do we think about that? <laughs> well, I, I'm interested to hear it now. So let's, let's hear it. It's, it's still a good time. I'm going to give each of you your, there was two actors that this world was originally offered to both turned them down. They're both extremely famous actors. And they just didn't want to take part in this. Can you guess either one of them? And you're talking about for the role of Buck, right? Yes, for the role of Buck. You definitely know these actors. Think about the time period. I mean, they were, they were both as big as they could be. I would imagine Chevy Chase was one. He was not one. Huh. Let's Alex. see. They, they went with John Candy. So I'm going to say they tried John Goodman or Candy Candido. And then decided no. to just go with John Candy. <laughs> one I was of these John Goodman too. So one of these individuals played a snowman at one point in time in their career. Michael Keaton? No, Jack Frost. Is Jack Frost a snowman? Yeah, he was a snowman. Oh no, I'm so stupid. Oh, that was that was misleading. I'm dumb. I'm yeah, still that was up. really misleading. <laughs> All right, I'll just tell you guys now. Now I look dumb. Uh, so I was surprised when Danny DeVito was one of them. <laughs> Could have been. Nice. I don't know what that would have been like. That would have been interesting. I was thinking about Jack Frost. Who who plays Jack Frost? I don't even know who played Jack Frost in the, that movie. No, I just remember I never saw it. But Jack Nicholas. Oh. Nicholson, sorry. Nicholson. Uh, yeah, you could have just done, hey, these two were Batman villains. I would have gotten it. That, that could have oh, said that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a little bit more Christmas flair there. So that would have 
Maybe Jack Nicholson would have been a a meaner version of Uncle Buck, meaner comedy in there. Maybe I I don't would have liked it more. Yeah, um, anger management there. I was gonna say I thought Michael Keaton was Jack Frost. Am I nuts? I thought that was Jack Nicholson, but maybe I'm wrong. No, nope, you're wrong. If you, 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 you confuse Michael Keaton with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I was right. You said Jack Frost that I already played a snowman. Oh, I thought I that Michael was Michael Keaton. I was I like, I thought that was point. Jack Nicholson for some reason. Well, I, 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 I have like a distinct memory of like being eleven and seeing that preview, and and I totally have it wrong. Yeah, no, that, yep, that was Michael Keaton. Um, I think he was thinking The Shining when. Jack Nicholson yeah, ends up a snowman sure. at the end of that movie. <laughs> All right. So another one. How much movie did this, how much money, sorry, did this movie make at the box office despite mixed reviews? 1989. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint. It's at least, it's between the ball. No, I'm going to, no, I'm going to see what you guys do. I'm going to say it made 60 million. Okay. Sixty-nine million four hundred twenty thousand. Seventy-nine million. Wow. I mean, I feel like that's not bad, especially for nineteen eighty-nine. What was the budget? That's the question. I didn't look that up. I could do that in a second. Uh, last one, at least for now. How many days did John Hughes write the screenplay for this movie? How many days did it take? Two days. Three. Two days is correct. Apparently, yeah. I maybe JJ knows this. I He's, knew that one. He's known for fast writing, yeah. which maybe that tells me everything I need to know about this movie. Hey, easy whoa, now. whoa, whoa! You're talking whoa, about whoa. one of the most John legendary Hughes? directors ever. And I'm writers. just talking about this specific movie. Fair, but most of his movies were written in days. Like he write, he yeah, that was I knew that, but I do love this movie. Look, this is one of my favorite comedies and i love most john hughes films i can't think off the top of my head of a john hughes film that i don't enjoy on some level i mean this is like this is the guy that brings us you know home alone and the breakfast club and pretty in pink and i mean the, the guy writes movies that are there's bueller's day off it's so many good yeah. movies just yeah. and this no, one no, is Madison, right there with yeah there is no the problem <laughs> you're <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no my question. question to both of you because this will help when yeah. did both of you first see this movie how old were you oh i was young about six or seven i think okay so that's probably eight or nine here's my explanation why it's not that so let's let's think about me love home alone okay love home alone too love those movies let's be honest about it like in the grand scheme of putting them in the movie pecking against other things they're not like the best movie I've ever seen, but be, like a lot of movies, there's other movies I could pull up from my childhood that are nostalgic, hit that vein. I'm confident if I had seen this movie when I was much younger, my opinion of this movie would be very, very different. And I would probably love this. I don't know if I would still, maybe I would give it a five because it, it would hit that nostalgic vein. I know movies like that that I would defend. I don't have that. And also because this this type of comedy like this slapstick comedy some of the scenes they were funny to me i even laughed but it doesn't have the same i just don't have that those same memories to go back to and the first time i saw this movie i watched it by myself it would have helped if tay was there but she couldn't have been i'd actually seen half of this movie before because tay loves this mm. movie and i just don't have that and to me a movie like this that makes it a lot of fun 
is having those memories that go with that. And I don't have anything to connect it to, except I just watched this movie this morning in the morning after I woke up and it just wasn't, it didn't feel special to me. It doesn't mean like, I'm not, I don't have a lot of like poo pooing all over this. It's a cheesy eighties comedy that has a very prototypical ending that is just laughably like so predictable. But beyond that, like it's, it's fine. I just, I'm missing that. And that's where that I have that hole and it, it, it doesn't fulfill the, I don't know. It's just, it's lacking to me. Like I, I don't have that connection. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> and it, and it, sure. That was very eloquent and I'll kind of let you off the hook. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did grow up with this movie, but like, even as an adult, like I think I love, and this is a John Hughes thing. This isn't just an Uncle Buck thing. Like for me, it's the dialogue pieces. Like, for example, I think of a couple of moments, and there's like two that really stand out to me. And that's one is when Buck first gets there and he's talking to Macaulay Calkin's character and he's like getting the third degree from the kid. It's like, where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house, an apartment? Like, and it's just like this one liner back and forth. What's your record for consecutive questions yeah. asked? 38. <laughs> it's fucking great. And I you know, I think the thing that I love the most about this is like, look, I don't have kids. I, I won't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews. And I have friends that have kids who call me Uncle Jay. So, like, I always think of it like, and look, I'm not Uncle Buck, but I'm under that same vein. Like, if you need a last minute, oh, shit, babysitter, I'll go your intentions and your ability to take care of your children might be in question by calling me. However, I'll be there and I'll go threaten to chop off some dude named bugs Dick with my hatchet that's in my trunk or drill his brain through his brain for your kids. That's who I, so like, I love that moment and John candy plays it so well for me, like this character. And the second one that I think of when it comes to dialogue is when John Candy goes off when Uncle Buck goes off on the freaking principal or whatever, talking about like, I don't think I want to know a six year old that isn't a silly heart. And then he's like, and if you ever something or other, I'll come find you. And then he's like, and here's a quarter, go have find a rat to gnaw that thing off your face. Like, like I fucking love those moments because you have just this guy who everybody looks at is, and he is like a, like a, like just not good at life, right? He's made a lot of bad decisions and he's not the, but when it comes down to when he's needed, like bucks there and he handles it in the most inappropriate ways, but the shit works. And I just like, I love that so much. JJ, how did a uh, six year old you process the washer scene? Um, <laughs> yeah, just like you would think I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that well, part made me giggle and now that you're like talking about danny devito like i would love to have seen danny devito flip a giant pancake with a snow shovel like <laughs> like that shit's great and then like this the typical john hughes slapstick humor like where he's listening at the door as the kids are as the like the kid is defending him with uh his girl and like she kicks the door and big ass John Candy like ducks it and it doesn't hit him. And then she tricks him and smack and he goes flying through the air. Like it's just so silly, but it just makes me laugh. Like I wait for that moment. It just, yeah, I love it. 
absolutely love it. It's great. I love Macaulay Culkin and Gabby Hoffman's performances. Oh my God. It's these two as kids. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite scenes is when, you know, you, you have John Candy sleeping and like Macaulay Culkin has a whole half of the bed to himself. Right. (laughs) Then Gabby's got a, a lock on these cars. (laughs) And then the dog is pushing his knees up into his chest. Yeah. Because that's a relatable thing. Um, and then he moves to the floor, right? Because he can't, he gets kicked off the bed. And then they all move to the floor, too. <laughs> like, it's just hilarious to me as you're watching this time lapse go by. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great. Like, the moment when she's at the teacher, the teacher's like, anybody have any interesting stories to tell? It's like, yeah, my uncle was microwaving our socks and the dog puked on the couch for an hour. <laughs> Why was your uncle microwaving your socks? Because he couldn't get the goddamn washing machine to work. Blasphemy. Blasphemer. <laughs> and then, like, just those, mo- like, the toothbrush scene, like, with those two. Like, he's like, you know, I have a friend down at the crime lab, and he can tell. <laughs> and then he looks at him and he's like, you know, if that's true, we're going to really have to start brushing our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And it's moments like that, because to me, on the flip side, too, like, I think about when I was a kid, even at 42 years old, I'm like, fuck, that was the hardest thing. For my parents to be like, I had those conversations. You brush your teeth? Yeah. No, I fucking didn't. Nope. You know what I mean? But like, so like that to me is like why it's so relatable. And I think that's why John Hughes in general movies, like his, he does such a good job of connecting you to things that you can relate to. Like, and so it's in this movie for me, like it's just about the kids and then this degenerate uncle that they end up, you know, they, the kids soften him up and make him realize how important family and being a good person is. And then at the same time, like he gives an education, like he softens up this unruly teenager that's given him problems this whole time. Right. So it's, yeah, I just love the dynamics and the relationships in this movie that are played around slapstick and silly comedy and things like that. It's just great. Well, I love that he becomes kind of that nurturing figure that these kids haven't had, right? They've got absentee parents who are working all the time, traveling. Um, and you get that vibe at the beginning where, uh, you know, they don't even know what Miles likes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that he isn't playing hockey anymore. And then you have Buck who comes into town and he's the exact opposite. Like, he's involved. He's going to be taking care of you, really, whether you like it or not. Um, and the two young ones just jump on board immediately because they're young enough that that's what they're really craving. But it takes time to break down Tia's character, mm-hmm. which is really a cool concept. Yeah. Well, and I love that moment. Like, I, I think for me, like the moment that I really enjoy is when she recognizes like at the party. Right. One, it's really funny watching this big fucking dude. <laughs> old man walked through this party like has to snatch his hat back a couple of times and like i enjoy that moment and then like the realization of the kids weren't like even tia who's a pain in the ass was still raised and to your point like these kids are kind of obviously there's tension between her and her mom and the but she's still not a bad kid right and so she figures out what uncle buck is saying isn't wrong like bugs a dick and like he's trying to push her and so this whole moment of tension where you're like oh no is she really gonna sleep with this dude 
the drill goes through the freaking door and here comes Buck and it's the wrong girl, right? Like, I like that moment. And yes, it is. It, Matt's point, it is very predictable. Like, you know how this is going to end. But I'm okay with it because that's how I want it to end, right? Like, I don't want to go through all of this feel-good, entertaining stuff just to have a dark moment where I'm like, fuck, that didn't end the way I wanted it to. But I like that dynamic and the growth and through the silliness for everybody. Yeah. Like and it, oh, go ahead, Max, and I want to hear your gripe. No, <laughs> no, go. I was actually going to compliment oh. the baby Kiko. Oh. Oh, I was just going to say, I like the fact that, like you were saying, JJ, the ending is kind of predictable because the way that you get there is not true. Like you get this silhouette of John Candy smiling as he turns the light back off in the party house. And then the next time we see Buggy, he's been kidnapped and he's in the trunk of the car. <laughs> like nowhere in my mind was that where this was going to go. Um, yeah. But you have this really cool moment. So by the time you get to the end, it doesn't feel like necessarily you knew exactly how they were going to get there. Right, you get yeah. that happy ending. It was always going to be a happy ending, but the way they got there was such a zigzag um, that it leaves you in that suspense. To Alex's credit, I did say, "Oh, when he opened the trunk of his car," and I was like, oh, "Didn't didn't think that was happening." And then I said, "Oh, the movie's over," because I was like, "Wow, they really rushed that happy ending." In my opinion, I was like, "Oh, oh, we're we're done here." Okay. The OG ending that was originally written in the script, they moved across the street into the house right next to them. Even more, even more cheesy. I'm glad. They yeah, I'm glad it. they didn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, convenient. We're now such a happy family. But this movie, a few scenes that really land for me. I mean, I love the the power drill into the doorknob. Not sure if that opens the door because it's still locked inside the door frame, but really cool scene and then i liked um yeah the whole trunk pulling him out of the trunk and just torturing him in that way and every time i'm like is he gonna go to the cops i'm gonna just go to the cops but then i'm like well maybe i, I don't know it's, i just that whole, believe yeah, it. i was like no one's gonna believe him and but i i like the whole scene and then i think the the one that made me probably chuckle the most is the the bowling alley scene with that creepy dude and he's doing his cool little toothpick thing and then he in his mouth and that 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 part made me laugh uh but yeah like i think it's i mean there's a lot of little fun little things it just doesn't carry the nostalgia where like they they, if i had seen her like some of those little scenes they would be funny to me every time but they were funny this movie wasn't predictable to an extent but the the ending to me was always predictable i knew the happy ending was coming and all was going to be well the family was going to love each other because that's just what this time period was like if yeah. it didn't do that, I'd be like, oh, like, oh, he screwed it up. He's leaving. Like, I didn't see that coming. But yeah. yeah. I uh, speaking of bug, like the whole kid, like, I love the part where he the hatchet piece just make like that whole conversation. He's like, like an axe. I mean, kind of, but not quite. <laughs> he's like, I like to keep mine razor sharp. In fact, I've been known to circumcise a gnat like just bucks like and and john candy rest his soul like we lost it way too early mm-hmm. like the man can deliver lines in a way that no one else could like this almost like wholesome funny and yet wildly menacing moment in this movie and you believe every second that he's saying like he's like whoosh 
a piece of skin off the shoulder, whoosh, a little off the forearm. Like you're just like, I if I'm bug, I'm like, I you know, I don't really want to talk to not worth anymore. it like it's i would have you know? i would have wished it wasn't a hatchet though and it would have been like a bigger axe i've seen him pull that out and like put it on his shoulder it would have just yeah, been I mean, even more it would have been like having seen it would have been more comical to me that's fair it would have been fun because when he pulled out, i was like oh that is a little small like i would have liked it to have been a little bit more intimidating yeah well you don't get those precise cuts with the bigger axe <laughs> like, that's yeah. the scary part i mean the scary part's the fact that he's gonna shave a little off the kneecap I guess that line would have made me because you're like, I like really precise cuts, and that's why I keep mine small. And he's like, See? Well, yeah, I do love that moment where he's like, because Bug's like, uh, I think it's time I got to split. I don't want to get murdered by. So she's like, He's all talk. And he's like, Hey, I found, found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the car, that was another one of my favorite things. We just talked about a car in our last episode with Back oh, yeah, in the yeah. Future. Uh, this 1977 Mercury. Marquise Brogham, Brogham, I don't even know how to pronounce the last part of it, Brogham, uh, notably called the beast in this movie. I love the over the top, just exhaust, but especially the, when he, the bang, like when he knew it's coming, but the, the scene with the school kids, that part made me laugh. Yeah. The backfiring piece is yeah. just fantastic. Every time. Wait for it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just think the conversations, the the dialogue and the one-liners are just to to die for this movie. Like, yeah, what is he? I'm Buck Melanoma. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, she's my t- my growth, my pimple. Uh, I'm just Buck Wart Russell. <laughs> That's what they call me, Melanoma Head. <laughs> like, it just I can't with. And I think, yeah, so it's interesting to hear, too, from your trivia that there were other actors that they were originally considering for this because I don't think it would have worked. Like, I love Michael Keaton. He's one of my favorites. And I like Danny DeVito. Like, both are very funny men. But I don't think it works as well with either of them. Correction, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, like you know, I messed that up. My fault. Sorry, sorry. I like Jack Nicholson too, though. But I, it really wouldn't have worked with Jack Nicholson. I don't think, just because no. he's menacing in general. I could John see Gandy's them do. Not. I could see them do a remake of Uncle Buck with. I could try to do it with like Netflix would do it with like Adam Sandler, for instance. Yeah. Oh, gosh, no. I'm not saying it like, but that's <laughs> what they would try to do. What's interesting, another trivia fact: they've tried to do a TV show of Uncle Buck twice, hmm. 1990. And most recently, I didn't know, 2016. Wow. Both both flopped, though. I'm glad it didn't work. Yeah. This is one of those movies, and I think most, this is true for me for most John Hughes movies, if not all. I just don't think they should be remade because, look, and this is, not, well, it is kind of an affront to Hollywood at this point. We don't have the writers, in my opinion, to match John Hughes. Like, and I think all of John Hughes movies I can't think of one that I would be okay with lesser writing. Like, and why would you try to recreate something? I mean, I get why, because it's a money grab, right? It's just like everything else in Hollywood right now. But like, I don't, you can't outright John Hughes, in my opinion. You just can't. And so don't try. Like, I've heard people talk about, well, they should remake The Breakfast Club for modern times. No, you really shouldn't. Like, let that shit go because you can't. I just don't think there are writers today that can write that content. They're just going to be texting each other the whole time. Yeah, no shit. Breakfast Club. 
Yeah, they're getting in trouble for having their cell phones out and doing a game of freaking clash of clans while they're in detention. I don't know. Fuck. That took you a while. You're you're well, it's, AJ. It's because I don't I don't play cell phone games very often. So I was like, I don't even know what fucking games these kids are playing anymore. So words we with friends, TikTok, maybe. AJ, come on. That's fair. That's what they'd really be doing. So yeah, I, but this, I just love it. Another uh, because this movie came popular and had that cult following, there was a lot of kids that were then named Buck after this movie, and I do feel sorry for them. That no, are you that kidding? Sucks. Buck's I, a great name. No, because I, right next to Buck, there's a. <laughs> I was gonna say, Buck the fuck. I mean, <laughs> that's great shit. That's sad. I feel bad for them. Yeah. I think Buck's a great nickname, but I wouldn't want to be like named Buck. Like, what's your name, Buck? Buck. It's just too aggressive. Melanoma Buck. head. <laughs> oh, what a great movie! Oh, that feel like I mean that went really fast. We talked a lot about this movie, and that's how much fun I had with this movie. I think this of all the four movies we watch, like I love all four movies this month. But I think if if I'm getting excited to watch one. This is the one I get the most excited to watch at any given time because I, there are very few movies that the jokes still land every single time I watch it. Like that's a problem with, and, I, and look, every Mattson likes to give me a hard time. Cause I laugh at a lot of shit. Like there's a lot of things that I'll laugh at, but I usually only laugh at them once, maybe twice unless it's really good. And this one's one I could watch this movie anytime and still laugh just as hard today as I did the first time I watched it. See, and this movie would be a little bit, it would be more enjoyable if I had that. Sure. But what's hard is that my little brother, who's JJ in, in my family life, my little brother, Chase, he's, you know, it's always good to have a friend that's going to laugh before you do. Things are just better that way. I don't think... I think he'd be unimpressed if I showed him this because Chase laughs a lot. I don't know. I just don't think it would land like it would with a lot of other movies that him and JJ share a very similar humor level. I'm, I, I like. I almost want to test this out now. I just don't think it'd land the same. And that dude, he loves John Hughes movies. Like Chase is like the poster child of Home Alone. Like there, there ain't nobody better to watch that movie with me except maybe JJ. I can't imagine watching that movie with both of them. I might die. Well, I, and to Matt's point, we've played a lot of Rocket League. And Chase and I will make each other laugh, like, a lot. Like, we can't even talk sometimes. We get laughing so hard at running <laughs> into each other and shit. It's pretty funny. So I get that. But I would be interested to hear what Chase had to say because he All does right. have a story. I'm going to try to give him a homework assignment because he's my barometer for that because I know at times I can be a little old man with, with some of my humor. But when I laugh, I really do. And this movie... A couple of times it got me to chuckle a little bit. I just don't have the nostalgia feeling. So I wish, I wish I did. Yeah. I wish you did too. Cause I feel bad for you. Cause it's, yeah, it's funny. I love it. <laughs> but I that's like, take a movie it. like heavyweights for me. Like sure. that we've reviewed before. I know Jay doesn't like that movie. That movie oh. it, threads of nostalgia everywhere. Love that movie. And I know why you don't like it, but yeah. I know why I love it. And that's this for me. Yeah. And I, I did poo-poo all over that movie. You, you poo-pooed hard over that. And I've been real nice to your movie. <laughs> oh, it's fair. It's fair. And that movie, in my opinion, is way funnier. But I know it's really funny to me because of when I saw it and who I watched it with. And I just don't have that with this. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I get the memory thing. Like, I yeah. 
I, I don't disagree with you that there's like an attachment there from there's when, I mean you could name many movies that we all love that we saw when we were younger and basically because of that it's still cool to us to this day but if you really looked at the pecking order is it a great movie that's probably not the best movie out there well, yeah I mean it's it's you two both and fucking Jack Black's worst movie ever made like i um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> natural libre is pretty great that i put yeah but that is but it's, I mean, it's, it's not a good, a good movie it's not a good natural libre is not a good movie but it's enjoyable yeah for you too it's enjoyable like that's but that it's yeah. to your point matson like that's why you guys had that connect i didn't watch that until the podcast yeah. so like when I watched it, I was like, fuck, this is why. I didn't so that's why it. you knew, so, but that's, you knew when we, this movie was picked, you already, you knew that was going to be my reaction. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I knew, I told Mattson or Alec the other night when we were recording some ad reads, like I was like, he's not going to like Uncle Buck as much as we do. But yeah, because I knew, yeah. I mean, I, it, it, it is one of those things where, and it's a good point. Like there is a nostalgia factor. There is a point that I've lived with this movie almost my whole life. So like, yeah. I did. I saw it. I mean, it came out in 89. I mean, it, I probably may have been nine or 10 when I saw it. And then I've watched it. Yeah. Forever. It's like, but there's others. Like I used to watch anything John Candy was in. Cause I just love John Candy. So should I anyway. rate this thing? Should I give it out of the way? Well, I'm first. So, cause okay. it's my movie. That's, that's the, the trick. And now once we get past March, since all of our movies are chosen through March, then we'll, uh, Hey, we're gonna have a whole month for me, baby. That's right. I'm gonna no, take April. No off. black and white, no aspect ratio issues, no movies that have plot holes, just cinemagic. See, now you gotta be careful because if there's anything, yeah. there, I can already tell you the, the movies that. The, they're not perfect. Like you. The, well, you just no, said no plot holes, no I, aspect ratio, no black and white. That although, means I'm I mean, gonna find the pothole match. There, there won't be any black and white. I can tell you that. There ain't no Charlie Chaplin garbage going Whoa. on. Oh my gosh! You have got to pick it. I feel like I'm hanging out with the FBI in the 19 fucking 30s yeah. right now. Like Jeez. fuck out of here with this fucking hate for Charlie Chaplin. Let me write this thing. <laughs> Before I unfriend Matson forever, uh, Boo Boo and Uncle Buck and Charlie Chaplin. Who's going to be playing games with you? You can't play with yourself. Don't question my ability to play with myself, (laughs) sir. (laughs) So with that, Uncle Buck is a pure five for me. Like this is one of the funniest movies. There's very few movies that I laugh harder at Uncle Buck, except Bill and Ted. Even you know, oh my gosh, Bill and Ted is throwback. great. That's a good throwback. As I say, you're outnumbered on this one now. Like you used to have me outnumbered on Bill and Ted, but I got Alec now, so he Bill and Ted. Yeah. So, and no, Uncle Buck to me is funnier than Bill and Ted. Like I, Uncle Buck, is some of the smartest dialogue in a movie that makes no sense. Like it's just one of those things where you watch it and you're like, nobody would actually say that shit, but then I go, but they should. You know what I mean? Like it's, and I, so I love the writing. I love the comedy. John Candy kills it out to your point. The kids kill it. Like it, it's just a great overall movie, in my opinion, that makes me laugh, tells a great story, has a heartfelt, you know, meaning behind it shows that we can all overcome issues and we can come together as a family, regardless of how ridiculous we may be. Um, I just love it. And especially this time of year, like it's a perfect movie to watch in the holiday times, in my opinion, because it's, 
you know, it's got that family aspect. It's got that comedy. I love it. It's a five for me. So, all right, Matson. Now you can poo poo, and we'll finish up with a good rating. <laughs> we'll finish up yeah. with an accurate rating. Yeah, I'm gonna give go. it. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a four. Hey, I'll take a four. That's higher than I thought you were gonna give it. What did you think I was gonna give it? I thought you were gonna give it a three or less. I was think I was considering a two point five, but the more I've thought about it, it's well you written. You canceled from the podcast. <laughs> okay, it's it's well acted. It did make me chuckle at a few points, but I think what really helped it is I just didn't expect the car scene and did not expect that to. I just wasn't prepared for that or him drilling through the door. And so, it, yeah, it caught me off guard, made me chuckle. I like John Cade. Like, he's yeah. he's great. Like, I, I got no issues with him. Macaulay Culkin's great. I mean, this is what put him on the map. Literally, John Hughes wrote Home Alone for him. So I need to be thankful for this movie because I freaking, that's like my OG Christmas movie. So I, I got to be down with it. This movie, if a lot of our listeners, if you haven't seen this, I think you're going to be more like me if you go watch this over the next few weeks. I think you're going to like it, but it's not going to land like it did for Alec and JJ. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. If you want to let me know if I'm wrong, but I think you're going to stray more that way than where they're at because you just don't have that. You watch it earlier. You watch it with a certain group of people, whatever it may be, because we all have those movies where those are those things for us. It's just not that for me. Um, and I think the one I didn't like the ending. It was too abrupt. I was like, oh, it's over. It just felt rushed in my opinion. And that did take me off guard in a bad way, but it's also prototypical of the time period, but it has moments, but it's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. You gave it a four. <laughs> it's good I feel like Matson. I feel like Matson was backpedaling on his, I'm going to shit on this movie. <laughs> I don't feel like he was doing that. I just feel like I, I, I approve Matson. I'm going to support Matson in this moment and say, didn't love it, but recognize the, like I tried to go in with the clean slate because I already knew this. I was it was going to be a tough battle for me, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta just try and see it for what it is. That's right, and I feel like we convinced him. We talked about great moments in this movie, and he's a kind of a melanoma head, but that's okay. <laughs> like I guess the last thing I'd say is like, would I would I watch it again? Like uh, sure, question. but. I'm not looking like what we just talked about back to the future last week, like any day, anytime, anywhere. Absolutely. This would be like, eh, like, and that, and that's probably where, like, why I could never get, like, it's just an eh on the rewatch. Like I wouldn't be, if you would, if Jay, if I, when I come to Utah and come on, you're like, dude, let's watch Uncle Buck. Jay, like, what the fuck? Like, Uncle Buck? Like, come on. We got something else out there. The good news is I'd stay awake for it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 anything's easier to stay awake from than the whatever that G baby geniuses. Gosh, so stupid. Anyways, yeah. I digress. All right, Alec. Alec. All right, easy, easy five. Like I saw this when I was a kid once, and then seeing it again last night. I've been a bad childhood. A lot of it. <laughs> No, no, you had the poor, bad childhood, Matson. I'm sorry to say. Um, my childhood was great. I didn't have an Uncle Buck, but I'm starting to see a lot of similarities between myself and Uncle Buck. <laughs> so it was it was great. I mean, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it, but a lot of these great one-liners or, you know, scenes with John Candy have phenomenal lead-ups to them as well. Right, like the principal scene, he's sitting outside with the kid. He's like, "Hey, let me go in first. I'll cover for you. Give you some time to, to you know, feel good about yourself for a little while longer." 
or you know after the car scene where he just start you know backs the car up as soon as this kid starts talking shit and then he just takes out a you know a golf club and starts hitting golf balls at it. <laughs> like it, these great moments are surrounded by great fall lead up and great you know kind of cool down from these moments it's just a great great movie i will watch this anytime anywhere any place anyhow 100 john candy does a great job uh the kids again do a great job sharing the screen with john candy mm-hmm. um and i mean macaulay culkin doing the dishes and just oh, yeah. so he answers the phone uncle buck says i have to earn my keep he's working me to the bone here like this kid macaulay culkin was so talented as a kid yeah like it's a darn shame that he you know took a break from acting for whatever reason but oh boy i will watch this yeah five yeah anytime anytime so funny so funny i forget i always forget it it's just like that moment it's so drowned out but it's right yeah, like you wash the dishes and it's great yeah good movie this was fun that ends our uh movies worth the rewatch so there it is. So, Alec, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Happy to, JJ. So, thank you for tuning in to Uncle Buck. I knew it. JJ knew it. Matson knew it. Uh, Matson ruined the legendary all five months. Thanks, Matson. Uh, this wraps up the month of movies worth a rewatch. Next week, I believe, is movies from the AFI Top 100 list. It is. I think so. Uh, hit that subscribe button to tune in next week as we are going to kick off 2024 strong. A uh, special shout out to our current patron, Guy Pierce. Great picks for this month. You almost got it. You almost got it, Charles. We let Matson back and it ruined it. Uh, it's not your fault. We already know whose fault it is. It kind of is, because Charles loves Matson. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's your fault, Charles. Charles uh, and I, we can't live without each other. We're like the yin and yang, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, sorry, Charles. Uh, you want to get back <laughs> melanoma growth? Uh, have a rat chew it off. Uh, so, happy new year to everyone. Uh, time is running out for the sweet deal on Manscaped, where if you use the discount code The Verdict, you can get 20% off your order and free shipping on all your items. With that, I'll kick it back to the Colossus of Clout, the great Bambino, a Jai Jai. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to January, top AFI. Matson won't be. Well. I can already tell you. Knowing some of the ones that are, it's going to be terrible. There's at least three movies I think you'll like, but there's two that are black and white. So are we giving Charles much. the sole power to pick? Like me putting yeah, my fate in his, yeah. I can't, I can't have an editor's pick on one of those. No, not one. No. It's picked. not, not one. They're picked. You were they're, on they're, they're picked. Oh, yeah. Mother fudge. They're yeah, locked movies, in. We're locked in till we're locked March. In through March. Yeah, through March. We're locked in with movies. Well, we should have said that. I would have come back in March then. Jeez. <laughs> you tell me I got this bullshit where Charles has already picked the booty movies that I'm gonna be watching. I know he picked crap that so I'm already watching Look, black and Charles white. Charles has I'm, picked great movies. I'm it's already true. watching black and white movies, is what I, I've committed to. Two of them in January. Yeah. yeah. JJ, I'm calling in sick. No, 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 no. We we still owe him a great quarter pick that he's gonna make us suffer for. I'm glad you Ooh. came back now. Yeah, that's fair. We do still owe him a yeah, we that was on us though. He gave us options, albeit he gave us options in the form of a very uh vague uh vague explanation of the four or three movies or whatever we had to pick, and we thought we picked right, 
We did not. All right. So just so our listeners know, JJ at times has held the power, rightfully so. I've given it was given to him. He deserves it to come up with these movies and put them on the list. I'm taking more responsibility in putting some movies on this list that at least Charles can pick from because I feel like I'm getting I'm getting poo pooed up the booty. This hey, sounds you- like a podcast vote. Who votes JJ keeps control? Well, here's the thing: is I haven't even controlled it. Like we gave it, we gave it. Look, and here's a. You give Patreon. Charles options, and you know that it's to torture me. But I wasn't. This is terrible. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't to torture you because you, you, you were here. We didn't know when you, if if or when you were coming back. So we we gave him, but he he had a lot of control. So here you go. There's our pitch for Patreon. If you guys want to choose, because he not only chose the movies, but he chose the topics. So we can we gave, take that away from him? Nope. No, <laughs> I liked it. He gave it's, us a bunch of topics. It's great. He gave us a bunch of topics, and then we chose a handful of movies within those topics, and then he voted on the movies that we chose. And you weren't here, so they were just the two of us picking Send movies. me Charles's address. I know we have it. <laughs> so Charles, from here you're going to get a Christmas present. You're going to like it. So in April, Cricket you'll uh, you'll get to uh, – And guess what? That's in black and white. Well, it's just black, but there will be some white on there too. <laughs> In April, your move you'll 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 be able to choose movies that go into the list to be voted on. Yeah, and watch our listeners just enjoy it so much more. Not just a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, with all of that said, thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring the episode and all of our episodes this month. Um, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, we'll catch you. Hasta la vista, baby. Say the magic, yeah.